Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you being here. We have, um, well, I'm going to say breaking news, a breaking story, uh, but we're also going to give you some history, and I'm sure that the public listening to this broadcast is going to hear a little bit of, we told you so, nicely of course, but we did tell you so. The biggest fraud in the history of mankind has been successfully perpetrated upon the American people. It led, to, in my opinion, to the election theft because it opened the door for uh, these ballots that stole the election. And it's just the, the ramifications of this fraud is incredible. Now we have Tom Rents with us, and he's connected and represents the frontline group. And I'm going to let you let him explain his association with this group. And I said very early on when they came out, these are doctors, these are experts in their field, and they're being totally discredited for their professional opinions. And I said right then, that show should show America this is a political process and science has nothing to do with it. Tom, welcome to the show. And I have to tell you, uh, my friend, I am really in awe of your courage and the courage of the frontline doctors you represent. Well, I really appreciate it, Dave. Uh, it, it's uh, on any given day, the fight's a little bit tough, but it's definitely worth fighting. Yeah, it definitely is worth fighting. Well, how was it that you uh, uh, and the frontline doctors hooked up and you became their representative? Uh, so, so my story starts way back uh, in January of 2020. I started following this disease, and uh, the biggest thing that that you know for anyone who doesn't know who I am. Uh, you got to understand I'm nobody. I'm, I'm just some little solo attorney in Ohio, not a big shot, no big practice, nothing. But I started following this disease early. And, uh, you know, I know a bit about epidemiology and biostatistics and science. And uh, March rolled around, and I'd been following, and it was clear to me that the disease wasn't what they were claiming, that they were lying in a lot of instances. And so I started doing work on this from a legal standpoint right away in March. Uh, it started out just me and uh, a lot of crickets. And from there, uh, you know, I gained my, my first attorney partner in crime, which was Bob Gargas here in Ohio. And then uh, we, we worked and we created Ohio Stands Up, which was the first Stands Up group. And then from there, we partnered with Make Americans Free Again, which is Pam Popper's group. And from there, we partnered with Frontline Doctors. And now, um, kind of little nobody from Ohio is working in just a huge capacity with an awful lot of very smart people. Uh, frankly, I just view it as an act of God that I got from where I started to where I'm at now. Yeah, how did the uh, two of you, that group, the Frontline Doctors and you, how did you uh, find each other? Well, Simone found me. Um, I've been suing everybody over everything. I had suits against multiple states at the time, and I had a suit pending against the Department of Health and Human Services at the time related to PCR testing and death counts. And uh, Simone is a, Simone's a fighter. Um, she just she is dedicated to the cause and Simone is very single-minded in the sense that you know she's got it in her head that she's going to win this fight and that's what she wants to do so she uh, 
she, you know, saw what I was doing and uh, asked me if I would, you know, help her with what she's doing, and uh, the rest is history. Now, now, are you just representing uh, the one individual, or are you representing the group? I'm representing the group and a whole bunch of other groups and a whole bunch of other individuals. <laughs> okay, outstanding. Um, you said that you were launching lawsuits on epidemiology. Let me tell you a problem I had, and then you can comment on that and expand on it with your lawsuits. They were paying, and I know you know this, they were paying, uh, the federal government was, uh, local health officials so much money for a positive COVID diagnosis and then triple that money, I believe it was, for a COVID fatality. But the the whole thing with fraud was incentivized by this process, and there's lots of examples of it. So let's use that as a starting point and tell us what your concerns were with the epidemiology and the diagnosis and the fraud. So going way back before anybody heard of me, uh, one of the things that happened was is I, I found this attorney in Ohio that was going to be filing a suit, and I had already done my first bid on this. And uh, I looked at their suit, and I kind of liked it. And there were two these two attorneys, that, and, but I saw that they were missing out on some really important facts. What they were missing out on was the information related to the science here, the epidemiology. So what I'd seen was is that you know, they had changed all of the means by which they count COVID deaths. And I had actually written a white paper on it. And so I came over, I went and talked to these guys. I said, guys, you got a good case here, but I said, you're missing something. Let me show you this paper. And so I talked to them about it and I showed them how the CDC issued the new rule that changed the way that deaths are counted for COVID, but nothing else. So, you know, from 2003 on, literally, Every death is counted the same way, except for COVID deaths. Um, COVID deaths, they made a rule that said that we expect that this will result in more deaths being called COVID deaths than otherwise would. And basically they said, if you call it a COVID death, that's fine. If you don't call it a COVID death, we're gonna follow up with you to see why you didn't call it that. So I put all this in a white paper and uh, we were gonna have a epidemiologist attest to it. Turned out that the, uh, just through some scheduling issues and what have you, that that didn't, uh, didn't end up happening, so they submitted it as an affidavit instead. And uh, within two weeks of that paper being filed with the courts, globally, they quit talking about the number of deaths and started talking about the number of cases. And I don't know if you remember, but there's really this abrupt transition. It's killing everybody, killing everybody, death counts, death counts. And then I put this paper in the court, and then suddenly, within two weeks, Nobody's talking about deaths anymore. It's all cases. Mm -hmm. So um, later I would find out why that is. I mean, this is, this is a very coordinated thing. It's coordinated on a global level. And really that was just a, 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 mitigation, a risk mitigation strategy by the bad guys who were trying to promote this lie. So, um, you know, that's kind of where, where that started and where really my looking, my... Uh, my work in the epidemiology of this started because, uh, you know, they structured this in a way where the data that they would they would receive would be bad, so they could basically falsify studies based on this misleading data. If your data points are wrong, your studies are going to come out wrong, and that's what they've been doing from the beginning.
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I talked to an emergency room physician in New York who wouldn't go on the record, and he told me, yeah, I had this guy, he was a stage four kidney failure, dialysis. He comes in, he's dying of that. But while he was hospitalized, he contracted COVID. Didn't have it when he came in because he was tested, and he was ordered to put COVID as the cause of death. Yeah, that's a very common thing. And you got to understand that they define COVID so broadly that everything's COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally, using the CDC definition of COVID. Now, and for listeners, I want you to understand, COVID-19 is a disease. SARS-CoV-2 is a virus. A virus is not a disease. A virus is just, it's a bug. It's a something that fly, floats around. It gets into your system, and your immune system usually kills it. Uh, There's always viruses in the air. There's always viruses in your blood. There's always viruses everywhere. There's just something that are there and your body deals with them. What happens is, is when you get enough of a virus in your system, you get it's called viral load. Once your viral load is high enough and you get enough virus in your system, you start getting symptoms. The symptoms are the disease, right? The, The virus doesn't isn't isn't meaningful what matters is if you get enough of the virus and it starts causing trouble then the virus becomes uh, the creator of the disease so when we talk about COVID-19 COVID-19 is a disease and it's it's determined by symptoms so literally uh, using the CDC's definition for COVID-19 if you live in an area where there there's two factors one is epidemiological and the other is the, the symptoms and uh, or it can be diagnosed either that way or it can be diagnosed through PCR testing which also doesn't work but literally if you live in an area with what's what they say continuous ongoing transmission of SARS-CoV-2 so that's pretty much anywhere in the country okay because the CDC has got that defined to be everywhere in the country and you have a cough that's it nothing else you just have a cough you can be rightly diagnosed as COVID-19 and what they've done is they've used and the other symptoms uh, for COVID-19 are also very broad they're things that apply to everything right so what they've done is we know for example that they had about at least 250,000 deaths that were listed on the CDC website where people die, had uh, influenza and or pneumonia and died from it. Those people, there is literally no way to determine whether they actually had COVID-19 or not. If they had, if they had the flu and pneumonia, they would have been diagnosed as, as COVID-19. And instead of being treated, which you can treat the flu and you can treat pneumonia, they would have said, well, it's COVID-19, there's nothing we can do, here's your respirator, so we get a whole bunch more money, because every time you put them on a respirator, we get a whole bunch more money. And uh, then when you die, it's a COVID death, so we get even more money. So we have, we have an epidemic around the country of hundreds of thousands of deaths that were preventable had they treated uh, people, because they miscategorized flu deaths and pneumonia deaths as COVID deaths, which look like the same thing, they're, they're indistinguishable. Mm. And and you noticed, I'm sure this didn't escape your attention, the DOJ dismissed any investigation into the use of these uh, respirators uh, against Whitmer and Cuomo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, 
it's almost a given at this point. Um, I mean, when when Trump left the office, there was no question that any sort of investigation into this was going to go away. But, you know, the problem is, yeah, so I try to keep some of the politics out of this, although it's been politicized to the point that's very difficult. Um, but we now have two presidents in a row, and I'm going to give Biden the benefit of the doubt here to an extent. Um, two presidents in a row where they've been lied to so substantially by people like Fauci that, uh, you know, they're, they're making decisions and doing things that are going to result in massive numbers of casualties. Um, I mean, this, this vaccine, uh, we're going to have, I would say, we've, I would argue that we've had over 100,000 deaths from it already, and I, we'll get to that later, but um, you're going to see many, many hundreds of thousands of deaths from it before it's over. Are you saying there's both short-term effects, because we know about the immediate casualties from vaccine injury, but you're also, you think there's long-term effects as well, too? Massive long-term effects. The long-term effects are actually worse than the short-term. Can I mean, you give us an example what what you, we can expect to see? Cancer, blood clotting, uh, sterility, uh, impotence, neurological issues. Uh, I mean, you name it. The the problem with it is is that the vaccine causes your body to manufacture the spike protein, which is a pathogen, and when you, when your body starts doing that, that starts getting everywhere. That spike protein connects to what's called the ACE2 receptors, and basically what you should think about this as is, is a magnet. You know, um, you've got the spike protein on one side, and you've got the ACE2 receptor on the other. And the ACE2 receptor is a part of a number of cells throughout the body. Um, it's all over the place. It's 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 just everywhere. Um, and so when you have those two things together, they connect like a magnet. Um, because of that, that's why you see strange symptoms from COVID. You know, most of it, you know, you see the lung issues and things like that. But you also hear about people with blood clots and kidney issues and all these different things that are like bizarre issues from COVID-19. Well, it's because the ACE2 receptors are found all over the body. And these spike proteins, they, they attack, they go everywhere and they cause problems. So we're going to start seeing random issues all over people's bodies from this. I mean, we know right now they just released another uh, study in Canada, out of Canada, a peer-reviewed article, so it's good, uh, about these, these micro uh, clots that are, they're finding in, in people's bloods. Well, those micro clots are eventually going to turn into big clots. So you're going to have issues there. And the, key, the real issue with this is, is they're going to call all of these things, they're going to call them new, more dangerous variants of COVID, but reality is, is that they're all going to be because of people taking this vaccine. Uh, you know, we have, there's a theory in medicine called Muller's Ratchet, and basically what it says is as a virus mutates, which all viruses do, they become more infectious but less dangerous. So you, more people may get it, but it's not going to be as dangerous to people who do. And we know that's the case. This Delta variant, which they can't actually test for, by the way, it's at least 97% identical to the original. And they can't test for it unless they actually take a sample and, and send it in for genetic sequencing. There aren't that many genetic sequencing machines available, and it takes time to do that. So when they're telling you you've got the Delta variant, they're either lying or they don't know what they're talking about because 
there's no way that they can test you and say, yeah, you got Delta. Um, so they're going to, what they're doing right now is they're trying to ratchet up the fear. Uh, instead of blaming this on what it really is, which is the vaccine variant, they're trying to make sure that everybody's terrified of these new, more dangerous variants. But the only pe the people dying are all the vaccinated. The unvaccinated people aren't having issues. We're working with hospitals and emergency rooms around the country. Uh, I've got multiple reports from doctors, ICUs, you know, where 80, 80 plus percent of the people in the ICU are vaccinated. They're just covering it up. This is incredible. Um, I'm not surprised. In fact, I want to go back to something you said earlier uh, with regard to coughing can be diagnosed as COVID. And um, yeah, I was actually a preliminary in the doctor's office for eye surgery. And I have seasonal asthma. Depending on the time of year, and I cough, the doctor freaked out like I had COVID. And I said, I just had a COVID test yesterday. I said, I had these symptoms before yesterday. But he freaked out. But let me just share with you what I have found. Um, HHS, Human Health Services, has done uh, a series of revisional updates. And an executive order from Bush followed up by Obama is part of this. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but you may be interested in this. They basically defined people who were highly contagious and dangerous to society and subject to isolation in camps uh, as simple coughing, very much like what you just described. And this led to HHS developing something called ESF 8 through 14. And it's basically isolation procedures for people who cough, non-specific symptoms related to a specific illness. And I looked at the 17 agencies that were connected to these isolation camps, and this is where it gets scary. This is, sounds like something out of a conspiracy movie. Not one of the 17 agencies are, are geared for medical treatment. You had the usual suspects of, you know, the State Department, the FBI, but no one providing health services for this document. And I said, this just isn't right. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I'll be happy to send that to you. Yeah, I have not seen that, um, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, the, the key is, is they have to get to a certain threshold. If they can convince enough of the people in this country to buy into this lie, then that's something that they can legitimately look at for a small minority of people. They can't do it when, you know, 40% of the country thinks it's a lie. Uh, they can't do it when, you know, most people are recognizing the truth, but that's why they're working so hard on the censorship, right? So we had, uh, I want to say Friday, uh, I got word that in at least one state that there was a official from Washington, we've got the name, but we haven't confirmed it yet, so I'm not going to say the name, who did a private press briefing in that state and basically pressured the press and said, listen, you have an obligation to use your platforms to push the vaccination thing, and if you don't, we're coming after you. One of the reporters apparently spoke out and was fired immediately. So, you know, th that's where it is. They're, they're trying to, to manipulate people and hide this. And I got to tell you, what we're doing right here is so important. I hope 100 million people hear this podcast because the problem is, is that uh, people, they're covering this up. And that's the only way this works, because if people know the truth, you know, it's all good. It's just, you know, 
we they're they're doing everything they can to try and you know push this lie that it's the unvaccinated causing the problem. It's not the unvaccinated causing the problem. It's the vaccine causing the problem. Yeah, yeah, they've. This is very very cleverly contrived. We're going to step aside just for a second here as we're talking to Tom Rents, who's representing the frontline doctors, who I know you're all familiar with. And just wanted to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, I really believe there is a short shelf life to getting storable food. And why do you need it? Well, Bill Gates has bought up half the farmland. That makes me suspicious. Uh, we haven't resumed meat packing plant operations. We've killed millions of cows and dairy. We're seeing fake meat and fake dairy developed in labs. I mean, this is all mainstream media news, folks. I think we're headed towards major shortages. In fact, I was told yesterday by someone who represents a lobby of uh, truckers that they can't find enough trucks now to make the just-in-time deliveries. We're going to start seeing spot shortages. So there's another factor. I could go on and on, but here's the bottom line. You need to protect yourself. We have done that in the Hodges household. We have our storable food. I recommend you do 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day. I've tasted it. It's fine. It's palatable. You're going to be able to survive on it, and there's enough diversity to not turn you off to the food substance. So I'm going to recommend that you do this quickly. And another factor to come into play, our economy is not exactly healthy, and if we were to hyperinflate, remember, we're at a 29-year high with inflation. If we hyperinflate, ladies and gentlemen, this is a major problem. You won't be able to afford to buy stuff that you need to get. So now is the time. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And one other element, too. If the economy does bust, you know, it's going to bust at some degree. How far it's going to go down? Is it going to be a total collapse? I don't have a crystal ball, and I'm not going to fear monger, but the potential's there. But if you keep your money in cash right now, a fiat currency, you're begging for trouble. And the only escape, and this is what history proves, is precious metals, and it's the proper application of precious metals to things like your 401k, your IRA. Well, I went from being just an advertiser to a customer of Noble Gold, and I'm going to ask you, if you have assets to protect, at least have a conversation with them. They won't push you. You have to move the final step and push the needle. They're trained to be that way, and they're a pleasure to deal with, but I think anyone who has assets needs to talk to them. I'm going to give you a number here, 877 646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Remember, with these two companies, I have put my money where my mouth is, and we turned down 90% of our advertising in lieu of what I think our audience could potentially need. Now, why the precious metals, real quickly? Economies crash, but they recover. How do you want to recover? Do you want to recover on a higher plane or a lower plane? That's what you need to discuss with Noble Gold. We're speaking with Tom Rents. He represents the frontline group who really are heroes to many Americans in the know. And they were tremendously censored. And I want to get into the legal issue of the censorship now and uh, Section 230 and, and the antitrust violations that I think might be going on as a layperson. Not a, I'm certainly not an attorney. And I want to ask Tom about all those factors that silenced professionals in their field experts these people are experts and they were shown the door in terms of the first amendment their first amendment rights were totally shut down and then there were serious consequences to employment tom why don't you pick that up there and and tell the audience a little bit about how you see these legal issues and what specifically has happened to these frontline doctors i'll one-up you on that uh how about a licensed attorney testifying for the general assembly of uh, state legislature being censored on YouTube because that happened to me twice. 
Wow. Uh, wow. You know, uh, yeah, the censorship is out of control. And there's a number of issues with this, and I will be suing over this. I'm not there yet, just mostly because I haven't had the time. But I'm going to sue them all over it because that's what I do. Um, they're causing death, okay? They're causing death. They are certainly responsible for that. They are aware and know that the uh, uh, censorship of early treatment, the censorship of, you know, the reality and the dangers of the vaccine and all these different things, they know that these things are causing death, but they continue to move on with it. The Trusted News Initiative, have you heard of that one? Yes. Tell, tell, tell the audience your interpretation of that, though. Yeah, so basically... You know, most of these news outlets are owned by the same group of billionaires that also own Silicon Valley. They also own uh, pharmaceuticals. They, they basically own everything, right? And uh, so all of these super trusted news organizations decide to get together the New York Times, Hindustan Times, uh, BBC. Uh, they all got together and they said, listen, we're not going to promote or publish anything about the vaccines that's bad. Or anything about you know they started out I believe with the election stuff but uh, it's expanded since then to be everywhere and it's essentially a collusion I mean it, it's potentially a RICO charge at some point um, and they're they're doing that they're just censoring it everywhere they're they're using their power as monopolies in one market to promote their interests in another market. And that's exactly what's happening. I would argue very much that it's a violation of a number of antitrust principles. Um, and I think that it's it's about as clear as day. They're doing, the uh, social media and the internet giants are using 230 protection to do that. And section 230 basically gives immunity for censorship to the internet giants. Um, I don't think that that will stand, and I think that there's a way to attack that in the in the law. Uh, I think that the key is is not to ta attack it, you know, directly. I mean, Section 230 is pretty straightforward, but you know, Justice Thomas recently pointed out that these uh, these internet providers, you know, these Googles and stuff like that, these guys are basically public utilities, and you can't censor if you're a public utility. More so, you can't censor in collusion with the government. And since we just had Biden admit that he's working with Facebook and these others to, to censor free speech, I mean, that's as illegal as it gets. In my yes, opinion. sir. That's facially unconstitutional. Oh, um, you've na you nailed it there, Tom. Um, that press conference, I'll even go one step further <laughs> to quote you from a minute ago. But when I watched Saki in the press conference, you know, speaking for the government, speaking for the White House, uh, she basically used uh, ends justifies the means argument. If we see something that we need to get into, we're going to get into it. If we have to follow you uh, in your social media, if we have to move to censorship, we're going to do it. I mean, how how illegal is that? Well, I mean, it's completely illegal. Uh, I mean, I'm fairly certain the First Amendment protected free speech, not said, well, it's only protected until we think it's not. Um yeah, basically what they said was they said that if you disagree with us, we're going to try and get you censored. Well, that that's unbelievable. 
Can you imagine? But, you know, two years ago, who would have thought that anybody would consider listening if someone said you have to wear a face diaper? Our country is being taken over and destroyed, and it's being done so quickly that people aren't even noticing. I don't understand why there aren't people in the streets saying absolutely not. Uh, we've got to be resisting this. We've got to be protesting. We've got to be good at coming together. There, there can't, you can't wait anymore. The United States of China is coming. Uh, I, I mean, you either get off your butts and do something or your freedoms are gone. We've sat on our hands and watched our freedoms be eroded for the last several decades. There's, there's no more time. You know, we've got to, got to, got to fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the censorship, but for the censorship, true information would be out there about all of this stuff related to COVID. And if the true information was out there, no one would be getting the vaccine. There would have been no lockdowns and no one would have ever wore a mask. Masks don't work. Lockdowns didn't work. The disease wasn't dangerous enough to constitute an emergency. And the vaccines are stupid. They're, they're, they're dangerous and deadly, and yet people are still taking them. I know. And and the uh, the abuse continues. Um, you know, I get um, two injections um, for my condition a month from Banner Health. And they've been very professional. I mean, I love going there. The personnel's great. But to a almost a person, the multiple number of nurses I encounter tell me they're not taking the vaccine but banner who's the late the state's largest employer in arizona where i live they have said you have until november to get the vaccination or you're fired and the nfl is now doing this uh here the most prominent wide receiver for the arizona cardinals one of the best in the nfl is saying he's not taking the vaccine fire me and they've already fired two coaches over this um how do we get this tyranny stopped i'm working on it <laughs> um, okay. You, you know, I am, but here's the thing. Uh, so I'm a I'm a faith guy, and I'm I'm really honored that God would allow me to uh, fight this fight. But I'm one guy, and like I said at the beginning of this, I'm I'm no one important. I'm just some guy from some little town. Uh, the thing that the bad guys actually fear is we the people. If we the people stand together and say no, then we can stop this. There's no question about it. We can win this. But we the people have to come together. And that's the key. It can't be something that we... Uh, we just can't do it like this, right? I, we, can't, we can't let two or three people be the, 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 the warriors on this. We can't let two or three people be all that's there. Uh, it's got to be something where we the people come together and we the people fight this. So, you know, that's that's ultimately what has to happen is there's got to be more than just me. That's why I do these, these interviews and stuff. I don't want anybody to see my face. It's ugly. What I want people to do is I want people to, to be aware of the truth and fight for it and make other people aware. And that's why we're doing this. And I need everybody to help, to be involved, to support us. You know, I, there's got to be, go to rens-law.com, support Frontline Doctors, support, support Make America. Let, let's back up for a second, because when you give out contact information, I want to make sure people can get to it. Rens is spelled R-E-N-Z. And can you give that address out a little more slowly? 
Yeah, Renz, R-E-N-Z-Law.com. And, uh, you, you know, AFLDS.org. That's Frontline Doctors. MakeAmericansFreeAgain.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, your various Stands Up group, Ohio Stands Up here in Ohio. But that's what we have to do, is we have to support, we have to get active, and we have to do things. It's the only way that we can get this done. Uh, you know, tell me how we have a vaccine out there that we just testified, put into court, has killed over 45,000 people, more than every other vaccine and combined in history, and there are no congressional investigations. Can you tell me where our leaders are? Can you tell me? Instead, we've got, even on the Republican side, we even have Mitch McConnell out there telling us, now you got to take the vaccine. Really? How about you do an investigation as to why Fauci's lying about the vaccine? How about you start pushing the truth out? How much money are we getting? How much money is Pelosi? How much money are they getting from the pharmaceutical industry? Because that is the biggest lobby in the world. They're the largest lobbying group there is. And I want to know how much money people are getting from this. And P.S., when we pass bills that give billions of dollars to the vaccine industry, and then they give it right back to our elected officials in, in the form of uh, you know, PAC money and other such things to ensure that they get elected again, how is that legal or ethical? It's not. I've, I've called repeatedly from my forums that we need to make campaign contributions from corporations illegal. Um, I know it's a pipe dream, but uh, this is why we're in the mess we're in. The the um, the ignorance too among public officials rampant. Let me tell you just a real quick story, and it goes as high as the president. I'm in a speaking engagement in Branson in 2018, September of 2018, and I'm sitting there at the pool with Gary Haven, who's really good friends with Rand Paul, and he's the founder of Curves, and he's a man of substance and influence. And I'm with the Hagmans, uh, pro was a prominent uh, radio team, uh, the late Joe Hagman, and of course his dad Doug. And I'm bemoaning the fact that they're violating Section 230, and I'm talking about it in some detail. And I said, no, I'm not a lawyer, but I said, I can read, and th clearly this is being violated. You, you can't censor and get the protection from 230 at the same time. And so Gary Haven picks up the phone, calls one of Trump's advisors directly. I thought it would be a 30-second, you know, hey, thanks for calling me, see you later conversation. 25 minutes later, this guy's still taking notes on what I'm telling him. And Trump came out the following Wednesday. This was on a Saturday. He came out the following Wednesday, and I thought, well, there's hope for the midterms because he says, yeah, we're looking at 2.30 now. We're looking at 2.30. And then nothing happened. How is it that the President of the United States could not see this and act on it? Do you have any opinion on that? So, you know, the Donald was attacked more than any other person I've ever seen in the history of the United States. Um, the swamp did not like Trump. They, they did not like him at all. And I've had a lot of people ask me, why is this guy still talking about the vaccine? It's a disaster. It's killing people. It's going to be a, a biological catastrophe, to quote one of the leading experts in the world. Why is he still doing this? And I, I guess part of the answer is I don't know. But the other part of the answer is that, listen, this guy, 
was under attack from so many different directions. And he's human. He did incredible things, standing up to corruption, things like that, but he's human. And, you know, there's kind of this feeling after, after the election that he was going to somehow parachute into the, uh, to the, to the lawn of the White House and, uh, uh, I don't know, save the country from election fraud or something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I just, president Trump is a man. Yeah, but the president office of the president. Like, he, he's just—he's a human being like you and like me. Yeah, I know. He's, he's subject to making mistakes. He's subject to being lied to, and you know you can only know so much. I'm going to tell you that we need—we need—we the people need the Donald to come out and talk, talk the truth about this vaccine more than anything else. We need that to happen, but that's that that's something that I you know I just don't know whether it's going to happen. And much like Section 230, I think there's just limits on what he could do. But I will tell you, um, you know, this vaccine thing is going to be a disaster. And when when they as the truth starts coming out about the number of people dying and this that and other, uh, you mark my words, they're going to be talking about. Well, Operation Warp Speed, you know, the president, he made us push this out, and it wasn't our fault, even though he was definitely put in a position where he had to do this, where people were lying to him. They're going to blame this whole thing on him in Operation Warp Speed. They're going to say, well, it wasn't tested because he pushed it to do it, and they're going to lay this all at his feet. And I'm praying that he realizes that soon enough that he does something about it and says, listen, I made a mistake. I'm sorry, because that's, that's forgivable. Forgivable. We know Fauci was lying. He's lied to everybody he could lie to. We know that these people in DHHS are lying. We just, you know, but we can't stand by and watch when the obvious is occurring, when people are dying right and left from this, when it's causing a catastrophe, and, you, you know, you're still trying to cover it up. P.S., get ready for the lockdowns this fall. You know, all the people that are dying from it, they're going to call it the, the Delta variant or this variant or that variant. It's going to be the vaccine variant. So, you know, we need the Donald to come out and talk about this. We need some of these other political leaders. Uh, don't tell me it's safe and effective. That's an outright lie. We know it's not safe and effective. You know, if you don't know that, you need to start doing some homework. The smartest people in the world are saying it's not safe and effective. We know that uh, we got an 80% failure rate plus in Israel from the vaccine. We got, uh, I believe, 60 plus in uh in the UK, everybody knows that this is a disaster, but nobody has the courage to say it. Instead, we get people, conservative leaders and thought leaders who are selling out and saying it's safe and effective. That's garbage. Yeah, I, it is. But I'm afraid they have the uh, perfect mechanism to cover the lie. And let me explain that. And the way I see it, the side effects, and you've kind of alluded to this already, the side effects from the vaccine will make it look like it's another uh, pandemic coming our way as opposed to being blamed on the vaccine. How do That's we exactly. differentiate for the public? That's exactly right. That's exactly what's going to happen. That was the plan. That is the plan. That's what's going to happen. You know, the thing is, it, and by the way, they're doing everything they can to make it harder to report or to find how many of these cases of hospitalized people and dying people are breakthrough cases. They are, vast majority of them are. 
are, you know, the people who are just getting getting it are, you know, it's no big deal. But, uh, and you can see the writing on the wall. I mean, right now they're starting to try and ramp up the fear. So this fall when cold and flu season comes in, oh, we just don't have any other choice. We've got to lock down again and there's just nothing. So, you know, this is going to come down to whether we the people just simply say no. I mean, that's what they're afraid of. They're not afraid of one lawyer. They're not afraid of 10 lawyers. They are afraid of 50 to 100 million people. If we the people say no and absolutely demand that the answer be no, we'll win. If we the people don't stand up, it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, they're just going to, well, we've got examples. You know, the governor of Kentucky, the governor of Kentucky, uh, his his legal authority to do this was taken away from him by the state legislature. He then vetoed that law, and the state legislature overrode his veto. So, I mean, think of that. They were, they were so firm on this that they overrode the governor's veto. Guess what? He found some judge, not going to comment on this guy, but he found some judge who would say, eh, you know, it doesn't matter. We can ignore that. They ignored a veto override and legally passed legislation for an agenda. I mean, this is unbelievable. The only way that we're guaranteed to, to put a stop to this is if we the people wake up, stand up, and do something. I know, um, but I just look at the groupthink and the learned helplessness that's engulfed our country and I'm just wondering how the heck are we ever going to uh, get to that? How do we overcome the ignorance? We're doing it. This is it. Like I said, uh, no one in their right mind wants to see my face anywhere, but I keep showing up. Uh, it's because we've got to get the word out. And, you know, like I said, people like you, um, one of the things I'm promoting right now is I'm, I'm promoting PowerHub because they're a free speech platform, it's social media, their Facebook look better, and they're free speech. I'm, I'm, I'm there, I hope everybody will go there. Uh, Bards Fest, we got Bards Fest coming at the end of August in Missouri. Be a huge event, lots of big people come and talk and to support, and uh, we need people to go, go to things like this. I'm going to the Clay Clark events, I'm speaking at those. They're huge, and they're getting the word out. That's the key. So we've got to educate people. We've got to get people to understand what's happening. We've got to get the word out, and we've got to stand together. We've got to stand shoulder to shoulder and say, absolutely not, enough is enough. Um, <laughs> what are you doing the 16th of September? Is your calendar filled? I'll ask CJ. Um, I'm involved in a couple of conferences that I, I, if you had availability, I could push, and I think I'd be successful um, in getting you a platform. And I agree, you need to have the platform, because the mainstream media sure isn't going to give it to you, and neither is the uh, social media. I, 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 the ignorance, though, let me tell you what I've learned about mo what's moving the public needle right now. Uh, the thing that's moving the fastest uh, the protest area that has engulfed the country the most are the soccer moms at school board meetings over critical race theory. I've watched over 70 videos from various school board meetings, and these moms largely voted against Trump. They described him as a misogynist in very unfavorable terms. And now 
they're waking up to the fact that their children are being intellectually and psychologically and emotionally abused and this is opening them up to see other things going on in the country see I've often said if you can figure out what your government's doing to you in one area the rest of it begins to appear and that's happening with the soccer mom so what motivated the moms to go out and I think this is key to getting people going what motivated them was the protection of their children and I don't know that we shouldn't be kind of gearing our attack in that direction. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. I'm going to tell you to that extent, if there's any soccer moms listening right now that are interested in CRT, um, check out Make Americans Free Again. They've got a big thing that they're doing. They're promoting some homeschooling, some different things. They're really fighting on the educational aspect yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. um, but they, uh, that's right. And by the way, one of the things you got to ask yourself is, so you see COVID, you see what that's done to weaken and destroy our country. You know, they're trying to take our rights, trying to do this, trying to do that. Um, meantime, they're pushing critical race theory to teach people to hate each other, teach people to be racist, to teach people to uh, distrust each other. Meantime, you've got, you know, all the, I don't care where you're at on it, but all the stuff on the, the election which is dividing people. If you notice, everything that's happening in this country is to divide us. It's to destroy the United in the United States of America. And why would that be? You know, you gotta ask yourself that. What is there, a, doesn't it appear that someone's got a vested interest in destroying what we are? Because we were always the melting pot. We were where you come together regardless of your differences. Now, all we do is focus on differences and fight over them. And it's all happening at the same time. And critical race theory is a big part of that, right? Because then you can teach these kids from a young age to hate, to dislike, to distrust. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of the end game. You know, we've got we to gotta teach hate. Martin Luther King would roll over in his grave. Yeah. The man who said, I dream of a day where a man can be judged by the content of their character over the color of their skin. That man would roll over in his grave because critical race theory is 180 degrees opposite of that. All critical race theory is is look at look at the color first and go to you know everything else second. I mean it's sick. I know it is sick. <laughs> You've really nailed it there with um, the critical race theory analysis. L let me give you another area though too. This is I'm a one man show here. I mean, I, my wife does the books and my son does some of the processing uh, that we do, but it's basically a one-man show here. It, I'm just a private citizen who raises questions, and uh, I've been the major contrarian here in Maricopa County where I live about the election audit, and this has a relationship to what you're talking about. I had insider information very early on from election officials and a couple of audit team members before they cracked down and I published some findings and I'm confident in these findings and they're leaking out of the audit team. But the head of the audit, State Senator Karen Fan, is saying, well, we don't really care what we find because we're gonna make sure nothing happens in 2022. We're not gonna overturn the election. And I'm going ballistic on this right now. But let me tell you for my trouble what I got. I published what I knew to be true in May and 13 of my colleagues and you'll be interviewing with one of them, Sarah Westall. 13 of my colleagues got contacted by people connected to the audit team. Don't listen to Hodges. He's full of crap. One person who's a talk show host in California was told, if you follow Dave Hodges, it's going to lead to your death. And, so, and this is, and I'm a one-man private citizen 
operation and and i've gotten proof now they fly surveillance planes over the audit to try to uh look at the data and see what's what well the same people that are giving me those topographical maps of flights i live in rural maricopa county very rural and those that plane is now flying over my house on a regular basis i'm one person <laughs> you say i'm only one lawyer and you're right and i'm only one journalist and look at the attention i'm drawing this is the length that they're going to to shut us up and by the way the audit is connected to the pandemic because without the pandemic you would not have had the excuse to have these phony baloney ballots that swung the election absolutely i mean listen this is all the same people it's all the same stuff right this is all part of a larger destroy america type thing it's not a conspiracy theory because i've got too much evidence it's not a theory at all it's just fact yeah um you know around the world when i talk to the different lawyers and the different people i'm working with they all say the same thing where america goes so does the free world mm -hmm. so if they can take us down they can take down the rest of the world for freedom so we we have to win this i mean there's no question about it and we will uh, god's got our back on it but uh, this is all tied together. I mean, it's the from wherever you look, it's about a larger plan to destroy the United and the United States. Okay, that's really a critical thing for people to understand, and it's something that I hope that the Donald figures out pretty soon. Yeah, I, I you know, he's agree. He's been out here talking about the uh, the safe and effective vaccines. The safe and effective vaccines are really, they're, they're going to be used to destroy him in, in 2024 if he tries to run. Uh, because all they're going to talk about is Operation Warp Speed and the, the biological catastrophe that they pulled. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I got videotapes of uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden said, are you going to take the Trump vaccine? No, no. And they're taking the Trump vaccine to the public and said, you'll do this or else we got to step aside just real brief. I blew through a break, so we'll do this ever so briefly, but it's important. Folks, on August 11th, your government's doing a grid down drill, and it's probably just a drill. You know, no, no conspiracy here, but if they're concerned about it, shouldn't you be? And that means all your communications would go down. If your family's separated in a city, how would you unite? How would you rally? You won't. How will you know what's going on? If you're stuck in a mountain canyon and you don't have cell reception, what will you do? That's why I decided to represent the satellite phone, because that answers a lot of these questions and the details for that. Uh, you can call a rep or you can go to my website and look at the ad for the satellite phone company at the top of the website at the common sense show dot com. Or you can call. I just drew a blank here. 855-980-5830. 855-980-5830. Well, we've been speaking with. Tom Renz, who's representing the frontline group and one of the certainly among the most courageous people in the country. And uh, Tom, just you don't need to give me details, but I shared with you the level of harassment that I've experienced, and it's even a little worse. My house has been vandalized and so forth. What are you getting harassed as well, too, for your role in this? Um, I mean, I can't say no, but you know, the. I will tell you this, I get probably a hundred to one love to hate emails. Um, I get a lot of gratitude and a lot of appreciation, which I'm grateful for. Uh, I think the reason for that is not because of anything other than the fact that, so as an attorney, if I file something in federal court and you call me a liar, 
that's defamation per se, because if I file something in federal court and I don't have a good faith belief that it's correct, I'm committing a, I'm committing a, a serious ethical violation. So everything that I submit is based on a good faith belief, due diligence, and hard work showing that it's correct. So it's hard to attack an attorney who's submitting documents to the courts and then talking about the documents he submitted to the courts. So basically what's happened is, is they do everything they can to suppress my name and make sure that nobody's looking at what I do. Because I, I have openly said, and absolutely will follow through on this, if, uh, go ahead, try it, I'll sue your butts for defamation. And I will. I have no hesitation about that. Um, you, you know, you, you defame me, I'm going after you. Because here's the thing, they know that my stuff is correct. And they don't want that lawsuit because uh, truth, truth is a critical aspect of a defamation case, right? So, um, and don't tell me that Google, Facebook, and these news agencies don't know the truth. I they mean, do. I have citations yeah. in all of my cases. They're welcome to look at it. You know, so the strategy is, but I've, I've created a lot of difficulties because essentially all they can do is suppress me um, and I'm happy to sue anyone and everyone that wants to actually say something publicly against what I'm doing because you know I've got the facts on my side they don't and yeah it's telling like I said they have they've, they've tried to trash me a little bit uh, they tried to suggest that I that I'm stupid which is fine I probably am uh, they've tried to suggest that I'm in it for the money which is laughable I mean the amount of money that you're getting paid for the work that I do is I mean, it's it's an absolute joke. That's why there's no attorneys doing this. And uh, they've tried a few other things, but I mean, I just I kind of just don't care. I mean, I'm not in it for pride. I'm in it for God, family, country. I got two little boys that I'm going to protect, and uh, you know, I got a lot of friends with a lot of kids who deserve a better future than what we're giving them. And so that's what I'm in it for. It's real simple. And so I mean, I don't care if they want to call me stupid. If they want to. You know, make fun of the the guy from Ohio. That's okay. Um, I know I'm not that important, but what I also know is that if they got to respond to me, well, I must be doing something. Yeah, well, exactly. When planes fly over my house, I say the same thing. Um, let's give out your contact information where people can follow your great work and possibly help the cause. Uh, please come to www.renz-law.com. Follow us on CloudHub at, at Rens Law. Uh, support America's Frontline Doctors, Make Americans Free Again, and Ohio Stands Up. And uh, we actually just launched a, a charity. And it's ForGodFamilyCountry.org. I don't even know if it's it's okay. just it's just getting going. It's uh, I don't even know if it's indexed on Google yet, but it's all written and, out. And Tom, on that note, we're up against a hard break, so I got to scoot. But on behalf of patriotic Americans everywhere, thank you. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. Take care.